0: With creating it as a children's brand, I'm touching not only the children, but I'm touching the little girl and boy inside those adults who never fully addressed those insecurities and never fully tapped into the gifts that they possess.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Power of Why podcast. This is an interview style show that talks to leaders who are purpose-driven. I started to notice a pattern amongst folks who are fulfilled and lived in alignment, they walk different, they know why they spend time doing their work, and they are fueled by impact. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Haile, and today I am joined by my new friend, Jennifer Vassel. Jennifer, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Naomi. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's it's an honor. It's an honor and an absolute pleasure. So Jennifer, for some context, is the author of I Am Unique, a book and empowerment brand about self-love and the importance of sharing your unique gifts with the world. You know, you, during one of your interviews, mentioned a reference to Dove, where research shows that self-love still remains a big issue for young girls, and that 60% of girls opt out of key life activities when they don't feel good about the way they look. You have many reasons for which you wrote the book, I Am Unique. And and one of them was after, you know, your personal struggle with accepting the large birthmark on your shoulder, and you really felt compelled to write this story. You have been featured on Black Enterprise, Forbes, Spectrum, News One in the greater Los Angeles area, uh, Thrive Global, and many more publications. And, you know, Jennifer is a living representation of what it means to share your unique gifts with the world. And what, one of your key messages that I really love is uh, don't die with your gifts still on the inside of you. Impart to others what was entrusted to you. You know, as creator of the self love themed children's book, I Am Unique, and as a woman who is building a self love brand for kids, uh, thank you again, Jennifer, for being here and for agreeing to share your story with us. Yeah, not a problem. So excited to to chat with you. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer, uh, to dive in, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your origin story and what came before the book and and you know the brand that we see today. Yes, yeah, so I was born and raised in Southern
0: California by Jamaican immigrant parents. They came over here in the seventies for you know like uh, the, a better life for more opportunity. Uh, more career-driven. And so I was raised in Southern California, went to schools, went to private schools, and I always had a natural gift for writing, but I didn't know that it could actually be made a career because I didn't see anyone who looks like me who was talking about entrepreneurship or being a creative. I just did not see it. And so I ended up getting into a career in human resources, and that's where I am today. Um, I do have a career in human resources as my nine to five, but outside of that, I am the author, speaker, and founder of I Am Unique, which, as you mentioned, is a children's book series and media brand that we're growing and and building to really take over the world and just be a global representation of self-love and the power of what you can do when you believe in yourself.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And can you like share a little bit about you know your what was the the pain point for you when you even embarked on this cuz yes you have a 9 to 5 job but you know there was obviously something else that pushed you and and has and continues to drive you as you you know share this brand and this message with with young people so what was that pain point for you early on I think the pain point for
0: me early on was Trying to overcome an insecurity that I had, which was my birthmark. And it covers a quarter of my back. I was really insecure about it growing up. I wouldn't wear certain tops or dresses that exposed it. I remember clearly from my high school prom, I was adamant about looking absolutely beautiful. I wanted to wear a halter dress that shows my back and shoulder and all that. And I told the makeup artist, I want to cover up my birthmark uh, with foundation. I told him, I want to look absolutely beautiful tonight. And fast forward to today, I realized that no one should feel so insecure that they cover up a piece of who they are.
1: And that was really one
0: of the the inspirations behind creating something like I Am Unique. Not only is it a a book series, but we're creating an animated series and hoping to pitch to video streaming platforms by early 2020. But when I was looking or or growing in myself and my career I al- I wanted to I always questioned what am I good at my why like I went to school I have a bachelor's and master's degree in business my background is in human resources but I didn't really feel like I was using all of my talents using my god given gifts and what really changed the trajectory of my life and career was December 31st 2012 it was a new year's eve that I didn't go anywhere. I decided to stay home and watch a sermon by Bishop Dale Bronner. And I, in your introduction, you quoted him when he Mm -hmm. said, don't die with your gifts still on the inside of you. Impart to others what was entrusted to you. And that really set me on the path to, wow, I have these gifts, I have these talents. I'm a natural born creative. You know, I wrote my first poem at the age of six. My first short story at eight and was published by nine. But I never knew that I could... Make a career being a creative. Wow! And so, on the top of 2013, I decided to compile my poems and short stories from age six to 26, and publish it in 2014 on my birthday. Uh, and it was a collection of poems and short stories called My Channeled Energy, and it became an Amazon number one bestseller in two categories. And then in 2015, I decided to to tell. The story about my insecurity of having a birthmark through the lens of Aaron, who's the main character of yeah. I Am Unique, and that book was published in 2016, and we've been building and growing since then.
1: Mm-hmm. I and mean, when you say we, at the beginning, like at age nine, you were published your you published your short stories. Was that with the you know the guidance of your parents? Was it? You know, did you have an agent at that point? Was it your teacher at school? What, do, what did that look like at such a young age? And how has that evolved to today?
0: Yeah, no agent. Um, when I, my poem was published in a, uh, it was entered into a poetry contest when I was nine. And that was inspired by, or encouraged by my mom. She mm. saw it in the, I don't know if it was in the newspaper or a magazine, but she saw a poetry contest happening. And she was like, why don't you, sent in a poem and I wrote something up and it beca- it was a semi-finalist in the the competition and it ended up being published there um I think how it has evolved into who I am today I think when I look at those times when I was six seven and eight I was showcasing my gifts and I didn't know the power that it had now um there is I have on my Instagram profile this something that I wrote in seventh grade. I had a teacher who asked us to write how, what our lives would look like in our twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I still, I'm such a hoarder. I keep every project. Mm-hmm. I keep everything that I've, I've ever done. And I randomly came across it the earlier this year. I read what I was, I was 12 years old and I read what I thought I would be doing in my 20s and I actually said that I would be a children's writer and so thinking about yeah it's thinking about those things and even in eighth grade I had an assignment to do a book jacket we were reading a book about or a movie watching a movie about slavery and one of the assignments was to create a book jacket. And inside the flap, I said that Jennifer Vassal will be something along the lines of a well-established author or famous author or or, or successful author, something along those lines. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was writing those things without even realizing that you know I was really writing my destiny. And mm-hmm. so the way that that looks like now in my 30s, it looks like me acting out what I declared when I was a child.
1: And, you know, even when we talk of like you mentioned your why a few times in the at the beginning, but even when we talk about our purpose and why I asked you the question about your pain point is that these are not things that manifest in our 20s and our 30s. These are things that we know intuitively very early. And, you know, for some reason, like when you get into the school system, I mean, it's been it's been design that way is that your your creativity goes down and Mm -hmm. you know all those things that you know that are true to you your gifts you start to ignore and numb and put aside because it's not practical enough and so oh my gosh the power of going back and reflecting upon you know what eight-year-old or what 12-year-old Jennifer was thinking and kind of like reigniting those dreams and making them real and so like why did you think children's book? Like if you dial back, why did you think children's book? Why did you think you needed to publish I Am Unique? I think
0: insecurities and traumatic experiences and self-doubt usually stem from something that happened when you were a child. And so I thought with creating a brand, a children's media brand, I thought that I could have, I can meet children where they are before that insecurity fosters because when you when you are an adult and you're going through life and you have a lot more responsibilities there is often a little girl or a little boy in that adult that never fully addressed the insecurities that happened way back when and so you have this ch- on your shoulders and you're angry at the world, but you don't know where it came from. But sometimes it comes from when you were a child. So for example, my birthmark insecurity, I started feeling insecure. I can distinctly remember it was, I knew I had a birthmark around seven or eight and it it didn't become an issue for me until kids started asking, well, what's that? Or did you get burned? Or is that a scar? That was around eight. And so that's when I was covering up. So imagine eight years old, not seeing books not seeing people doing creative things, not seeing people who look like me going through this issue. And then I carried that into high school where I'm covering it up even for my prom. And I didn't get over that insecurity until I hit college. So that's about 10 years of struggle that didn't have to happen. So I think with creating it as a children's brand I'm touching not only the children, but I'm touching the little girl and boy inside those adults who never fully addressed those insecurities and never fully tapped into the gifts that they possess.
1: Mm -hmm. And as part of like, I'm I'm curious to hear some because I've read a lot of the testimonials and I watched your uh, news feature as well, where you actually went into a school. And can you share some of the testimonials and like the impact that sharing these stories with the masses has, has actually caused? I'd love to hear a few that really stick out for you.
0: I think what what is really inspiring for me is that I'm not only connecting with children, but I'm also connecting with women. I think one that sticks out to me is when this little girl said that she was picked on because of her hair or was picked on because of her being different and unique. And by reading the book she realized that it's okay to be different it's okay to be who she truly is and then um what other people have written stuff that like they tell me stories about them like showed pictures of their own birthmarks and showed how it it hurt them or it impacted them in some way by reading this book like people the children's the children's book is not only for kids as i mentioned but even for people who don't have kids like they're I'm finding that adults are buying it for themselves because they wish there was a book like that when they were growing up and I also want to stress too that although Aaron has a birthmark and this book stemmed from my having a birthmark it's not a book about birthmarks this is not a message only birthmarks it's about whatever your quote unquote birthmark is like to be take that metaphorically it could be a childhood scar it could be something that we can't physically see it may be a personality defect or whatever but it's really about overcoming whatever that birthmark is for you and overcoming it and sharing your gift with the world
1: Mm -hmm. and so
0: far the message has been well received not only in the U.S. but abroad where people have asked to have it translated in French we have a a translate uh, a version of the book in French we're working on Spanish as we speak but the message of self-love is universal and we're finding that it's, it's really needed.
1: Yeah. And in terms of the evolution of everything that's coming, like you said, in early 2020, you guys are thinking of having, well, you guys are already started the process for being on TV too. Right. And so what from, from the start, if you can like walk us through what that evolution looked like, especially for any aspiring authors here or Mm -hmm. producers or whatever, like, you know, was it a straight line path for you? And if it wasn't, what were some of the things that came up that you, you tackled?
0: It definitely wasn't a straight line path. I, my initial vision for I am unique was to create a book in a book series, but it evolved because noticing around, like around me, I don't see really any characters out there who are being positioned as a face of self love. And that is the goal for Aaron. We, created a parent guide and teacher's guide to start implementing the idea of self-love and perseverance into school's curriculum. So, we have that to help teachers and educators facilitate conversations. We also have the guide for parents who want to have open and honest conversations with their children, want to have activities or things that they could do before, during, and after reading to help foster that love of embracing your gift and being who you truly are. And the other things that we're working on too is, yeah, as mentioned, the the animated series. And so that came by like we've done pitch competitions and by putting constantly putting ourselves out there on social media and getting press. People have asked like, oh, have you ever thought of putting this on TV or have you thought yeah. of it? And yes, that is the, it was the goal, but it the, what came down. What always comes down to it is like, who do you know or how do we do that? There is really no handbook out there. Like, this is how you can adapt your book into a TV show. Like, So we definitely, <laughs> my, we, I'm talking about my business partner and I, we've been really intentional about going to events, uh, professional networking groups. For example, we're members of Children's Media Association, uh, the LA chapter, and there is there is professionals in the industry who have been working like Disney vets or Netflix or whoever they they specifically specialize in children's media and so we have been intentional about putting ourselves in the rooms to learn and leveraging my alumni network like I've right. worked with well in the past or I, not work I went to school with with folks who are in the animation world or they know a thing or two and so what I've done is say really begin with the end in mind I share I am unique share the mission and say well this is our end goal we're trying to adapt this our story into an animated series so we can then pitch to video streaming platforms and people have been really receptive because this is not just a basic mission you know like this is something big and they see the vision and and people have been really receptive and helpful and help guiding us along the way so we've been taking meetings and learning just how to present our our idea in front of decision makers who will eventually we're declaring that they will we will get a development deal by 2020 so um I'm not too sure if I answered your questions, but like our path hasn't exactly been like straightforward. It's been, the goal has been to expand into uh, media, just like how you see Dora the Explorer, Doc McStefan or any Disney franchise. So that is our goal to position Aaron as the face of SoFlows.
1: That's incredible. And it's so clear too. And I think that helps when you're in those rooms to be able to communicate your message succinctly too and paint a picture for the vision. Cause that's what you and your business partner are. You're the vision keeper for, for what this is. And you guys are executing. Right. So that's fantastic.
0: Right. Thank you. Yeah. That is the key. Like you have to do the work and you, I mean, it's, it's easy to say, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Or but if you do not actualize it, then really just have to do the work and execute it, as you said.
1: And for in terms of the the marketing component, how did you and your business partner go about the marketing, you know, marketing, I am unique and creating a global mm-hmm. impact as well? And how can other people kind of uh, learn from, from that experience?
0: So the top four strategies that we use for marketing and getting our message out there is really leveraging social media. So Erin has been in places that we haven't even set foot in yet, like uh, Kenya, Uganda, the Philippines, France, and England. Like Erin is traveling because of mm-hmm. social media. So we use that as a big strategy, using appropriate hashtags that are relevant to the book and the story, engaging with our audience, sharing content, making visually attractive graphics, So social media is our number one. Secondly, we do live events because we know the importance of building relationships, not only online, but taking those relationships offline. And so we go to, we vend at events that make sense. So wherever our audience is, our particular audience are people who focus on mothers, women empowerment, youth empowerment. And then we've also just recently found a hidden niche of, of a group that really has Um, shown up and shown out like for example we're tapping into the hip-hop industry and certain events that are children and family friendly we found a really good response there by vending at those kind of hip-hop family friendly events and we do that because not often do people see a woman of color writing books or a lot of times we will read a book and not realize the person behind it and so I found that children, when they realize, like, "Oh, I am the one who wrote this book that they love," it puts a different, it opens doors in their mind because now they're thinking, "Wow, I never knew that you could write a book. I didn't know that that's a that's an avenue." And that's one thing that I that I didn't know when I was growing up. I was reading books, but wasn't thinking about the people who were creating the content that I'm consuming. So, live events are really important. And the third thing that we do is we pitch to media outlets, pitch to reporters. We do not have a publicist. Every feature that wow. we've gotten is, is a result of us actively sending emails out to reporters and journalists and telling them about our story. So as a result of us being persistent and sending the email decks or pitch decks, we've been featured in Forbes, Black Enterprise, Essence. And most recently we got we landed A local news feature where it was shared in 1.9 million homes across greater los angeles so that was a huge thing for us this year and then lastly the the other strategy that we use is to partner with brands and influencers that make sense like just because you see someone online with 1.4 million followers it might they might not who are those 1.4 million followers are they your target audience are they does it really make sense so we partner with people who are in alignment with our goals and our mission so the McCure twins
1: oh my god that was so smart (laughs) please talk about that
0: right yeah so that was one of the most recent partnerships that we've had that was wildly successful in that it it helped build our visibility the um ami was gracious enough to feature our book and have a discussion with her girls about being unique and being twins. Twins are unique in their own right. So having that conversation, that's something that she already does with her girls. That It just was a great fit. And so for people aspiring authors or current authors out there who are looking to collaborate or build relationships with folks online, influencers online, you have to go a step further than just looking at followers. You have to look at if the messages align and if it makes sense.
1: Yes, and that specific one, I watched the video, and it was it was so beautiful. It was natural. It was a conversation, and her girls are so smart. It was literally Ew. a conversation about the book, and she read it with them. Um, and I found it was it was an alignment, as you mentioned, and I like that word a lot because, you know, e- oftentimes too, when you're doing brand collaborations, it feels just not sincere if those things weren't thought out and they were thought out for this collaboration, which is why I think it worked so well and it was well received. Incredible. That's amazing. And you and you and your partner, your business partner have been doing that by being intentional about who you reach out to. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Absolutely. I'd love for us to also talk a little bit about the insecurity piece that you mentioned before. If you're, if you're speaking to young adults and they didn't have the opportunity to dial back and reflect on their their child insecurities and maybe some key events that happened that are still impacting their lives today and the decisions that they're making. How can people, you know, walk through embracing their insecurities today and even sharing their gifts as an act of self love? I think the key lesson is to put yourself out there. Everyone's
0: journey is going to be different. The way that I overcame my insecurity and started sharing my gifts is going to look different from someone else. So I think the underlying message is to put yourself out there, even in times when it appears difficult. And as you keep doing it, each day will go by, each, each time will go by, and it will become less scary and less daunting. But if you don't, you will forever be limiting yourself if you don't ever try you will always be in that same self-sabotaging cycle if you let your insecurity eat you alive you have to look at the the end goal and your greater purpose and it's hard but when you try when you do it once it will become easier and easier as you keep going
1: mhm and it does get easier like you know on this journey for you specifically how do you and you because you mentioned your business partner um, how do you guys kind of manage the work when it comes to like, is one person focused on uh, press and, and publishing and building relationships, like how do you guys, mm-hmm. what does this partnership look like?
0: So we divvy up the work. Some, sometimes late leads will come and I'll handle it or the other times he will handle it. But I think uh, my business partner is also good at, he's a connector. So if he he's out there building relationships and focus on the product development aspect. So all of the things that I mentioned that we're doing under the I am unique umbrella, he's great at spearheading that and making sure that if we do another product that it it's on brand and it and it makes sense. So for example, we're working on a coloring and activity book, he's spearing that initiative. And then as for me on my end, since it's it came from a personal The the whole mission of I am unique came from my personal insecurity. I do a lot of the uh, like spokesperson work, like I share the story and I share the message. And I think by us working together, it really helps. It's a really a good symbiotic relationship because as I bring pull people, we pull people in in different avenues. And then he also doubles my manager too because if I have a speaking engagement, he will manage that relationship and bring the leads in that way.
1: Fantastic. And can you talk about also the community side of things? Like how did you how did you grow the children's brand? I am unique through community and through storytelling. And you know, what were the major platforms that like you mentioned the media and news and social and social side as well? What did Mm -hmm. the community side of things look like? I think community comes in the form of going to in person events. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, for example, earlier this year we went to the MLK Festival, um, Martin Luther King Festival. Um, but we go to places where we know our people are and we show face because, as I mentioned, I think not a lot of people realize who's writing the content that they consume representation is is definitely a huge deal and people need to see who is creating the work and and knowing and to know what is possible also building community not only through lab events but also social media and building social media engagement and then also going to schools and like reading the book in in those spaces and then Nonprofit organizations that deal with girl empowerment or youth empowerment. Uh, going back to the social media bit too, it's it's when people are traveling. For example, I had a friend who was traveling to uh, Kenya, and she wanted to bring a couple of books there because kids don't really have not a lot of kids have access to kids that are representative of them and their experiences. And so she brought a couple of books, and they were so happy to see. A, a main character of color I don't know if you've seen the statistic there like that there is a lack of diversity in children's books and also yes. children's media but there's there's more books about animals and Caucasian kids than there are of kids of color so yes. they're so building the community on and offline has been our hugest strategy
1: mm-hmm. absolutely this is this is really powerful and you know as the work continues to evolve you've essentially created a large opportunity for for other authors and other creators and producers to come and share their unique voices too like this is such an incredible message and incredible umbrella for people to embrace what makes them unique essentially and you know you mentioned earlier that it's just it's not only for kids that it you know it speaks to a lot of different audiences, and so wow, mm-hmm. gross. also around the creation process, you know when you're coming up with new ideas and you talked about the, the product side of things, like ensuring that things are aligned, what does mm-hmm. creating what does creating and the creative process mean to you, and what does it look like for you, Jennifer?
0: I think creating for me means the ability to materialize a vision or idea and the way that we our creative process comes from like listening to our audience earlier this year we we surveyed our audience and asked what are the kids in your life going through what are they dealing with and we take that information and use that as content to incorporate into our books incorporate it into our episode ideas So it's really about, it's heavily on research. Creating is is about using the information that you have and creating something that either wasn't asked for or wasn't even fathomed. So, So we use a lot of, we use, we look at, the the comments that people are posting we look we read the testimonials we watch what people are saying when we're going to in-person events we see how the kids are interacting with our story and we take
1: that and use that as inspiration for our future products and this is really the definition of being community driven right you're producing Mm -hmm. something that you know is a need and it's like it's a cycle it's a never-ending positive cycle of creating more of what people want to see but also opening up the door for what they didn't even think was possible and that's that's pretty mm-hmm. awesome cool and and around like the reason why I love the these stories and sharing these stories on the podcast is being really intentional about what creating on purpose looks like and what it is and what it means to you know each individual so for you like what does what does living life on purpose mean and why is it so important I think living on purpose
0: is for me unapologetically tapping into my gifts and my talents and never questioning the power of my truth nor my talents. Mm. living life on purpose is important because you have to know your why and remember why you're doing all of this so for me my why is inspiring people to overcome their insecurities and share their gifts with the world. I also think it's important to know your, to know how to live on purpose of the importance of being persistent too. I don't know if mm-hmm. I've mentioned it before in the, in, while we were talking, but a lot of this, all of this doesn't come overnight. Everything that you see now is a result of hitting the pavement every single day, sending out emails every day, you have to keep going and be relentless even when you don't see the results or think you don't see the results because there will always be someone watching or something will be working in your favor. So imagine if you stopped and you would never know how far your purpose will take you if you stopped.
1: Yeah, and even like even something as simple as looking back on the journey a couple of months, a couple of years. And seeing how all of the dots connected for, you know, Mm -hmm. for for favor to be present in your life. Do you know what I mean? I think you need to be in in movement for that to happen. You need to be in reflection, in creation. And so um, I'd love for you to talk, like, even around the creation aspect. I think sometimes, too, for example, being really... I I, I recorded an episode recently about how exercise, nutrition understanding like the different stressors in your life too plays plays a role in in you being able to be creative so like how do you get those creative juices flowing and and going in your life I'm curious
0: sometimes it comes to me in the form of like just sleeping and in my dreams sometimes I'll get a Mm -hmm. vision when I'm just in motion I'll something will come to me a lot of times I'm sleeping and I'll wake up with something I'm still working on the exercise piece like that is one thing that I just have to get in a get in some sort of flow whether it's getting up even earlier than I already get up to do to work out because right now trying to do it after six is just not it's not working out so but for me like the inspiration and the creativity comes if I listen to podcasts Mm. if I and to um, I love Sarah Jakes Roberts her yes. uh, her sermons and, and I really get in, inspiration from that and it, it gives me the extra gas to keep going but yeah sometimes it just comes to me if I'm sitting at my desk at work or if I go outside and see somebody say something or hear someone say something or pass me by and say something like there it, it really comes in different forms mm-hmm. I would say the top ways though is those, like through what I read through what I listen to
1: yeah and I want to really outline that point that you mentioned about being in motion because I think you know especially the fact that your team is you and your business partner like you get a taste of a lot of the different aspects of what it takes to build a business and a brand right and so mm-hmm. it's funny like I'm even noticing it now like as me and my uh, my business partner start on this new venture but we've been building community for the past year and like by being plugged into different cities different conferences different people and ideas you start to see really weird i think the exposure to a lot of different things allows you to make connections that don't yet exist you know stuff that's happening in atlanta for example that we haven't yet experienced in ottawa canada i i feel like the exposure and even internationally versus you know different industries. It gives you a lot of different avenues to be creative in your own domain. I think, you know, the fact that you're tapped into a lot and by doing a lot of different things, you see connections and parallels that other people may not be able to, to connect either. So that's, that's really cool. And also for the folks who really struggle with kind of getting outside of their comfort zone, what was one thing that really helped you get outside of your comfort zone? Because it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier said than done.
0: For me, what got me outside of my comfort zone was Bishop Dale Bronner's message. And that was during a period where I was questioning my purpose, wanting more in life. Like I felt like my my work-life balance was just very monotonous and I knew that I wanted to do more and be more with my life so there was a period of time where I was questioning why I was placed here and when he said don't die with your gifts on the inside of you impart to others what was entrusted to you that's what clicked for me that's what lit a fire within me and it made me realize that I have gifts and dreams that are laying dormant and I'm not doing anything about it. I want more and I want to be more. I can't do that. Just doing the same mundane thing every single day.
1: Right. So
0: that really helped me step outside of my comfort. as difficult as it is. It's easy to say, put yourself out there, but in, in reality, that's exactly what I had to do. If I wanted more, if I wanted to be more, if I wanted to change my circumstance and my environment and be able to build wealth and do something, traditionally different than what my family has done I needed to step out and do something else and do something different so also there's some statistics that I've come across during my entrepreneurial journey where it was it was extremely alarming to me like for example Inc Ma- magazine said that 92 percent of people do not achieve their goals 98 of people die without fulfilling their dreams, and only 6% of people achieve their childhood dreams. So hearing those type of statistics and knowing that I possess these gifts and I have the power to make them happen, the pain of staying the same was was more than the pain to actually blossom.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I just wanted to really make a change and do something about it so we we all have a choice in life and we've been blessed enough to be born in this period especially in this digital era where you can create your own opportunities and you can forge your own path so knowing that you have that power it's really up to you to to do something with it
1: mm-hmm. yes wow i have to snap my fingers for that <laughs> incredible <laughs> To wrap up the episode, you did mention uh, previously what your why is, but I'd love to ask it again as mm-hmm. a note for for ending. But you know, you know, what's your why? When shit hits the fan and you're tired, you know, you're on the brink of giving up on your mission. What is the reason that you keep going? And I want you to be really specific. My why is wanting
0: people, especially little brown girls specifically, to look at me, look at my life, and believe that if I could do it, so can they. When I was growing up, as mentioned before, I didn't see anyone who looked like me in a creative entrepreneurial space. And so through my life and through my career, I strive to continue to break barriers and represent for creative women of color. So that's my why.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for creating thank you for living on purpose because you are it's a ripple effect and you know the people that you impact and enlighten and awaken go on and create also the same thing in their own communities. so thank you again thank you for sharing your story on the power of why podcast i hope that everyone listening took something that they can then implement in their own life Yeah. thank you so much for having me this was a great conversation i really appreciate you